reading from uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 through 23. Uh, The verses are there in our worship bulletin. And as you're uh, turning there, uh, one more quick announcement. If you want to attend a Christmas concert, uh, there will be one this Thursday, 6.30 p.m., 6.45, Uh, Jamie Green, as you know, uh, teaches music in 25 different schools uh, here in our parish, and uh, and, uh, his students uh, will be presenting a concert here at uh, Hope Presbyterian Church uh, this Thursday, 6.45 p.m. But hear God's word, Um, Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. We've already heard them read, but hear them again. All this uh, took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, uh, which means God with Amen. To this reading of God's holy word, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's look to the Lord together in prayer. Uh, This will be our morning prayer. As you know, uh, be praying uh, for the thousands upon thousands of people Uh, who have been impacted by these devastating tornadoes. Uh, Kentucky, Arkansas, Illinois, Mississippi, Tennessee, Missouri. Uh, Pray for the Ministry of Samaritan's Purse, already sending out uh, relief supplies and workers, um, and as well be uh, praying uh, one for another. But let's look to God together in prayer. Most gracious God, our Heavenly Father, um, we praise you indeed that you are a God who is with us. Thank you that uh, your word rightly calls us to call you Emmanuel, God with us, a God who is with us in Christ. Lord, thank you that you remind us of your presence with us in your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the promises of your word. Lord, thank you for uh, the hope of glory uh, that we can know through faith in Christ, that assurance of salvation, forgiveness of sins, that we as sinners have been reconciled to a holy God by the shed blood of Christ. And Lord, thank you that during uh, this time of the year on these Sundays, Lord, that we can remember and rejoice in the good news of the gospel that God saves sinners Sinners like us, and Lord, may we not only rejoice in our redemption, but Lord, be pleased to use us uh, to proclaim this good news uh, to a hurting, 
hopeless world around us. Lord, we do pray this morning for the rescue and relief efforts that are already taking place in these sister states that have been uh, impacted by the tornadoes, Lord, destruction of property, loss of lives, injuries, and nursing homes, factories, Lord, and we pray for the safety of the rescue workers, pray that they still would uh, be able to, to locate and extricate those who have been trapped in, in buildings. Lord, we pray for your comfort even now for those who are grieving. Uh, Father, uh, we pray that you would comfort them with, with the gospel, be with pastors and chaplains and churches and Christians as they pray with and for those who are grieving, Lord. Pray that they would um, be fixing their eyes upon Jesus, even in this time of sorrow and heartache. Our Father and our God, we uh, continue to pray as well uh, for the uh, gospel seeds that have been sown at the Christmas parade outreach and pray that as uh, people were greeted and served a, a cup of hot chocolate in the name of Christ as literature and pens were distributed, Lord, pray that your Holy Spirit would be working in hearts and bringing the lost to saving faith in Christ and continue to use us as a church, your church, Father, uh, to be that city on a hill, your salt and light here in the city of Opelousas. Lord, we pray as well that we would be gospel witnesses to our neighbors, our co-workers, even friends and family as we gather together. Uh, Lord, uh, pray that you would give to us a, a holy boldness, a gospel courage uh, to share a word of witness, a verse of scripture uh, that points to Christ. Lord, we do pray for our missionaries in this time of the year. Uh, pray especially for Stuart and Meg Mills and family as they minister in the name of Christ in Peru, Lord. Uh, pray that um, as they disciple and preach and teach and counsel, Lord, that they might be seeing fruits from their gospel labors. Uh, pray that you would be changing a, a country and a culture, one heart, one family at a time. Lord, we do pray for our own country in these days. Um, with the uh, natural disasters, the racial unrest, with the uh, rebellion, Lord, against uh, those in positions of authority, justices, Lord, Supreme Court, as well as elected officials, Lord, show us how we as your children can be 
peacemakers, even as we bear witness to the love of God in Christ. Lord, we pray uh, for your comfort, your hope, your strength for those who are struggling in this season of the year, those who are struggling with grief, those who are struggling financially, spiritually. Lord, pray uh, that you would be pleased to use us uh, to be those gospel witnesses for Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Again, God's word uh, this morning is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. If I were to give this a a sermon title, it would be God with us, uh, a gracious uh, promise. You know, during the Sundays leading up to Christmas, early on in my pastorate, I, I made a best effort to include singing as many Christmas and Advent hymns as possible. I know that um, some years folks would come up to me afterwards and ask, well, why didn't you sing? Why didn't we sing my favorite Christmas hymn this year? Well, come come next Christmas and we'll uh, try to sing as many as we can. One that we have not sung yet this year. Uh, it's in our Trinity hymnal, is a hymn of the Father's love begotten. And the words read as follows, just a few of the verses. Of the Father's love begotten, ere the worlds began to be, he is Alpha and Omega, he the source, the ending he, of the things that are, that have been, and that future years shall see evermore and evermore. Oh, that birth forever blessed, when the virgin full of grace, by the Holy Ghost conceiving, bore the Savior of our race, and the babe, the world's Redeemer, first revealed his sacred face evermore and evermore. And then if you were to continue singing that hymn, you'd come across this phrase, when whom the scriptures of the prophets promised in their faithful word. You know, in today's scripture reading, you've already heard four scriptural promises of our sure Savior from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, Isaiah seven fourteen, again Isaiah 9, verse 6, and Micah 5, verse 2, and all of these came to pass. And we're here in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, we, we have yet one more uh, prophecy of Christ from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And as we focus on these verses for uh, the next few minutes here, we'll see that all Scripture truly proclaims God's gracious promise of our true Savior. From Genesis to Revelation, all of Scripture proclaims not only the glory of Christ, but God's gracious love for us in Christ. 
What should Christians prize then about God's gracious promise? You know, here again from Matthew chapter 1, we, we are to prize and proclaim God's sure promise, God's scriptural promise, and then most importantly, his salvation promise. We begin with the sure promises of our true Savior. Look there at Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, all this took place to fulfill. You know, all of this took place. It's referring back to all of Matthew 1 uh, to this point. Uh, It's a summary statement. And what have we seen thus far in Matthew chapter 1? There, It begins with a a genealogy of Jesus' humanity. Uh, Three portions of 14 generations, Abraham to David, David to the deportation, the return from exile, uh, then to Joseph and Mary. And then in Matthew 1.18, we have the a gracious conception of Jesus. Joseph and Mary were betrothed, engaged to be married, but before they came together in marital union, Mary was found to be with child by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph Joseph, the faithful husband of Mary. Uh, Joseph, I believe, is one of the most forgotten men of faith in all of Scripture. He's marginalized at the manger. You know, but look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, a righteous man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. You know, as he gave serious thought to this spiritual stalemate, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and spoke to him, you know, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. And then the scriptural prophecy to Joseph, she will bear a son, verse 21. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, that prophecy is directed to Joseph. You shall call his name, singular. But it's a hopeful promise. He will save. Christ will save his people from their sins. Here is a a sure promise of our true Savior. He will save his people from their sins. You know, even as we focus on Christ as our Savior, Scripture reminds us of our sinfulness. You know, we're born in sin. We're ensnared in sin. Apart from Christ, we're dead in our sins and our trespasses. And we all need a Savior. Praise God, he has sent his Son and our Savior. You know, this morning we've sung a number of Christmas hymns, a few more to follow. You know, and a challenge for you this Christmas season. You know, look at each of the words that that you're singing. uh, Because they, they are gospel truths. 
You know, after the message this morning, we'll be singing Silent Night, Holy Night, Shepherds Quake at the Sight, Glories Stream from Heaven Afar, Heavenly Hosts Sing Alleluia, and then this line, Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. You know, it, it, it's, it's humbling how, how many times that, that gospel truth is, is proclaimed in the hymns that we sing, that we have a Savior in Christ. Again, back to Matthew, all this took place to fulfill. All this has happened. You know, it stands as a true historical fact about the incarnation of our true Savior. It gives us great hope. So it's a sure promise of our true Savior. But as well, here in Matthew, we see it's a scriptural promise of our true Savior. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. What's a prophet? As you read through the Old Testament, you'll, you'll see a prophet often would use this phrase, thus saith the Lord. The Lord would speak directly to his prophet, and, and the prophet would then speak exactly the words that the Lord had given to them. God's prophets would often point God's people as well to the word of God. They were charged of God often to call God's people to repentance. They were to remind recalcitrant believers to steadfastly trust in the Lord as they await the arrival of God's promised Messiah. You know, a prophet. It was brought up this morning in Sunday school why the order of the Gospels, why would Matthew be the first Gospel as you read through Matthew and encourage you to read one of the Gospels during uh, this time of the year. But as you read through Matthew, Matthew is saturated with Old Testament Scripture. You know, there are 11 Old Testament prophecies of Christ scriptural promises of our true Savior. Just to give you a couple of examples, Matthew chapter 4, verses 14 and 16, Matthew 4, 14, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness, have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, i give you one more example. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Matthew eight seventeen. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Uh, Taken from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. And now back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we hear the scriptural promise of a Savior. 
you know, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, the prophet Isaiah, and then verse 23 of Matthew 1 is a quote from Isaiah 7.14. We looked at this together last Lord's Day. You know, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. You know, this verse of Scripture reminds us of the supernatural birth of Christ. The virgin shall conceive. You know, God's merciful and miraculous birth of our Messiah. It's not only a supernatural birth, but it's a a sovereign birth. Yes, Jesus is indeed the son of Mary, but more importantly, Jesus is the son of God, the savior of sinners. 1 Timothy 3, verse 16, puts it this way in in speaking about Jesus, his supernatural birth, his sovereign birth. 1 Timothy 3, 16, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, Believed on in the world, taken up to glory. You know, again, uh, to illustrate from another Christmas hymn, you know, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Speaking of Christ, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail, the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. You know, God is with us in Christ. You know, that's a scriptural prophecy. And may we never take God's scriptural promises of a Savior for granted. We are to prize his promises, to proclaim his scriptural promises of salvation. So we see that it is a sure promise of a true Savior, a scriptural promise of a true Savior. But finally, it's a salvation promise of our true Savior. That last part of verse 23 of Matthew 1, which means God with us. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, God's gracious promise of the incarnation of his son, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, our true Savior, should prompt us to to praise and adoration. You know, at, at times we struggle to praise. We look at the news, politics, disaster. You fill in the blank. You know, what what gives us cause for praise and adoration? It's this gospel truth that we have the salvation promise of a true Savior. Our sovereign God became flesh in Christ, one who is truly God and truly man. 
Charles Spurgeon put it this way, He, that is Christ, he is with us as God on purpose to save us. The incarnation of Jesus is our salvation. Yes, Jesus Christ became flesh. Yes, he was born as a baby in a manger. But don't stop there. That's just the commencement of the good news of salvation. That Jesus Christ came to die for our sins. You know, and here, even in Matthew chapter 1, we, we hear God's promise of Christ our Savior. A Savior who truly shed his own blood on the cross to satisfy God's holy wrath against sin. Romans 5 verse 9 puts it this way. Romans 5 9. Well, let me begin with verse 8. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. A true Savior who truly reconciles us as rebellious sinners with the holy God. Again, uh, from 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. No, God himself reached out to us in love. Just as he pursued Adam and Eve till he found them in the Garden of Eden after their sin of disobedience, how much more does God pursue us in Christ, reaching out to us in love, sending us his Son and our Savior, a God who justifies us in Christ, adopts us into his family, you know, graciously promises to bring us home to glory with him in heaven. A shorter message today. But, you know, illustration and a couple applications. You know, this past week, it was again my privilege a little bit of a burden to bring a gospel, brief gospel message at the Christmas memorial service at a local funeral home. Done it five, six, seven times, lose track, and always humbled to be asked. But, you know, the challenge is this. I'm, I'm always mindful of the audience. It's in a funeral home, and all of the the People, individuals, families who come, you know, have, have suffered loss, grief. The death of a family member, of a loved one in this past year. You know, so it's my prayer and my purpose uh, to proclaim comfort in Christ 
you know, there is no other comfort. It's not just, well, hang on till the holidays get by. Be of good cheer. Watch a good Christmas movie. Have a good cry. No, our, our hope is in Christ. Our, our hope now. Our, our hope tomorrow. Our, our gospel hope for, for all eternity is in Christ. You know, and, and all of Scripture proclaims God's gracious promise of, of a true Savior. You know, to all of our, to all of the Hope Church family, you know, I, I know there are those among us who are discouraged, fearful, grieving, hopeless, hurting, weary, you know, feeling far from God. Everyone around us is celebrating, smiling, getting ready for Christmas, family gatherings, whatever it might be. You know, and and it's easy, tempting just to to put on that happy face. but, But where's our comfort in times of sorrow, struggle? It's this gospel truth. Our God is graciously with us in Christ. You know, so may we as God's redeemed children remember and rest on God's gracious promise of Christ our Savior. You know, may we forever rejoice that we need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save You know, and he still graciously calls us, you know, to follow him in faith. By his grace and for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, you indeed are a God who is with us in Christ. Lord, we thank you for Jesus, Jesus who was truly God, became truly man, humbled himself obediently, faithfully, not only in his incarnation, but in his sacrificial death for our sins on the cross. Lord, thank you that you are a God who is with us, In times of fear, doubt, discouragement, crisis, grief. And Lord, we we rejoice and rest in that gospel promise. But Lord God, we pray that it would be our, our, our prayerful purpose in these days, Father, to show the love of Christ to those who are struggling, to speak of the grace of Christ to those who who need to hear and to trust in Christ for their salvation. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.